0: they're also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary DGW by law see terms and conditions 18 plus this is chris gordy on sports 1280 new orleans
1: All right, welcome back. Chris Gordy. show rolling on here on a Thursday. Sports 1280 New Orleans. Happy to have you guys with us. Changes things up a little bit this week. Uh, a little schedule flipperoo. Our buddy Andy Benoit from Sports Illustrated and the Morning Monday morning quarterback normally joins us on a Friday. Joins us today on a Thursday.
2: Andy, how are you, man? Hey, Chris. I'm well. How are you?
1: Doing good, Andy. Uh, getting ready for this big divisional game between the Saints and the Falcons coming up on Sunday. But before we look ahead, let's look back. I uh, know You say you had a chance to review the Saints-Browns uh, video. I guess let's just go back to the Saints' defense first. It was absolutely dismal in Week 1 against Ryan Fitzpatrick in Tampa. Looked a little bit better in Week 2, albeit still gave up a couple big plays. But what did you see from the Saints' defense?
2: Yeah, it was better. Uh, I didn't love the, the their eight-man coverages down the stretch. I thought they were a little bit too soft, and we saw that on the final drive. Um, but overall, not bad. And what, what we need to see next from them, their pass rush really has not gotten going in either of these first two weeks. Um, and some of that's because they're playing those eight-man coverages, so they're only rushing three. But we haven't had a lot of noise from Cam Jordan, who I think is an excellent player. Uh, Davenport shows the physical traits, but it hasn't translated to much. I think he's still figuring out his role, and they're still figuring out what he is to them. Uh, But it's a work-in-progress pass rush, and you'd like to see that improve. If it doesn't, they're going to be an up-and-down defense for much of the season.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you said that because some people were kind of saying, "Hey, Cam Jordan's back. He had two sacks." And yeah, I get that he had the two sacks, but it, you got to see consistency, and it felt like last year Cam was bringing it every down. You know, even getting pressure when he's not getting the sacks, at least getting a hand on the quarterback or getting it in his face. And we just haven't seen that consistency, that push from up front between him, Okafor, and the rest of the guys.
2: Yeah, and in fairness to Jordan too, he he probably gets double teams and protection slides. And sometimes he gets both where they slide the protection and double team him. He sees that as much as any defensive end in football, which is why they traded up to get Davenport because they needed they need to change that. Uh, and the Browns did throw some of that at him too. So Jordan, uh, I think he can be more productive than he's been. I, I think he's, I, I voted him first team all pro last year. Um, but there, he is one of those guys that he's special enough that even when he's not productive, he's impacting the game significantly most of the time.
1: Uh, back to the secondary, I thought Lattimore was a little bit better this week, but Ken Crawley, the number two cornerback spot, still seems like a liability for the Saints. And I talked about this before. What I liked about Crawley last year was when he gave up a play, he'd come back and make a play, whether it was a pass deflection or an interception or something. And we just haven't seen that out of him. It seems like he gives up big play after big play so far through two games.
2: I think Krull is a better intermediate and underneath cover guy than a downfield cover guy, and I think offenses know that now. He tends to panic when the ball is in the air vertically and he doesn't need he's a very good cover corner and, and he's often in position and his technique is great until about the last 15 percent of the play and then it breaks down and you see him either give up the player he gets flagged or whatever happens with them i think he can be better than that and when you when you see the plays that don't unfold slowly the quicker hitting plays slant routes for example uh he's very good that physicality and that aggressiveness works in favor of him so uh, if I can see this, offenses can see this, and that's how they go after Ken Crawley.
1: Look, uh, offensively, I thought the Browns did a pretty good job on defense, and we talked about it. This is a much-improved defense by the, by Cleveland, I think a little bit underrated. They're not getting the, the, the love that they should uh, with Ogunjobi up front getting some pressure. He had a couple sacks, Miles Garrett, uh, but they disrupted Drew Brees, got back there, but to be honest, I mean, look, they didn't, the Saints didn't score their normal uh, bevy of points that they normally do, but they did leave points out there. I mean, the Ben Watson t- was a clear touchdown, and then uh, well, I think it was the deep ball to Ted Ginn. Drew Brees left two touchdowns out there.
2: Yeah, they moved up and down the field okay. Um, you'd like to see their O-line. You know, they're so good in week one against Tampa, and then I watched that Bucks eagles show, and the Bucks really don't have a great pass rush, so maybe we need to pump the brakes a little bit on that Saints line, but I think with those tackles they had with Armstead and Ramshack there, and then that interior, uh, when especially when Andres Pete is healthy, that's as good of a front five as you can get, which means you can get all five eligible receivers out in routes for Drew Brees, which is what they aim to do often. Uh, they're going to be a very dangerous offense this season just because they've got the quarterback and they can protect him with only five guys
1: talking with Andy Benoit from Sports Illustrated, the Monday morning quarterback. Uh, A few more on on last week. Um, Week one, Andy, uh, Saints only rushed for about 50 yards. A big part of that was they were playing catch-up against Tampa the whole game. Last week, they tried to run against uh, Cleveland, rushed it 23 times between Kamara and Gillisley. The the yards just weren't there. I mean, 62 yards total on the ground. How much is this because they're missing uh, Mark Ingram, and how much is this just a concern hey, they're not going to be a balanced team?
2: Um, well, let's keep in mind, Cleveland was quietly a very good run defense last year. I think they were the number four run defense in the NFL, um, and, uh, and especially when you take out four teams, ran the ball a lot on them in the fourth quarter because they were beating the Browns, and so that inflated their run beat numbers. But that's a good run defense they face, so that could very well be part of the factor. I think Ingram gives them a sustaining ground. Ingram's one of the most professional runners in the NFL. The way the play is designed, he executes it perfectly within the context of that design. And that gives you a sustainability in the ground game. I'm not saying Camara doesn't do that. I guess I am probably saying a little bit that Gillisley, I don't know if he does. He's, that's why he's been a fringe guy for a while. Um, so they do need Ingram back. But I, I, don't, I wouldn't panic a whole lot about the ground game. And they do such a good job of building their running concepts within their passing concepts and vice versa. Uh, so, in a lot of ways, what they do when they throw the ball to Alvin Kamara, you could argue that's an extension of their ground game to a certain degree. So, I think they'll be fine, but they're going to be a better offense when Ingram returns. There's no question about that.
1: Let's look ahead to this week, uh, Andy. Obviously, look, the Falcons have been the walking wounded through two weeks, losing Dion Jones. Their star linebackers play phenomenally against the Saints uh, in, in past games, Keanu Neal, we know, is out. Andy Levitre uh, went out the other day. Um, how much does this help the Saints in the Falcons losing some key guys, including, sounds like Devontae Freeman may not go again. They'll have to rely on Tevin Coleman.
2: Yeah, and that's not a huge downgrade. They can live with that. Ingram and Kamara are probably the best one-two punch in the league, unless you think it's Coleman and Freeman. And that's a, you can go either or on that. Um, so Coleman can fill in just fine, just like the Camara theoretically, can, kill, can fill in fine for Ingram. What you need to see, what, like what the Falcons, where they get really dangerous, is when they start designing stuff that dictates what you do defensively. So, for example, they, last week they did a few snaps and three tight end personnel against the Panthers. And they knew that, and that's an unusual personnel package. And so when you do that, you know the defense, they haven't practiced for that a whole lot because they don't see it a whole lot. So what you do see from them on film is usually what you're going to get from them the next game. They become predictable. Atlanta can be very good at doing that kind of thing. That's when they really get in the flow and a rhythm is when they're using their personnel packages to dictate their play designs rather than just lining up in three receiver sets and trying to out-execute people, which is when you get a little bit of the inconsistent side of the Falcons. So I would, if I'm a Falcons fan, I'm hoping to see our backup tight ends in the game. I'm hoping to see some four receiver sets, which they also did against Carolina, these unique personnel packages that can take a Saints defense that's typically typically very uh, Byzantine, a lot of different concepts, a lot of disguises, you can render that defense, theoretically, you can probably render it to be a little bit predictable, and I think that's a great way for Atlanta to play.
1: Just one more uh, on that game, Andy, because we didn't get to watch it. We were watching the Saints. It looked like the Falcons, uh, all the red zone troubles they had in week one, it looks like they got, got that corrected in week two. Would that be a fair assessment?
2: Uh, it was it was for week two. We'll see how it goes uh, moving forward. That gets into some of their designer stuff, too. That, that kind of is a point off of the point we just made. Uh, the more schemed they are in the red zone, I think the better they'll be. Because Matt Ryan, he's not the biggest armed guy. And you've got to make very tight, decisive throws in the red zone. So if you don't have the biggest-armed quarterback, but you have a very smart one, then you want to create those throws for him through the scheme and let him win by reading the field rather than just hoping he can hit fade balls or or tight window zip balls. Uh, So the the more scheme they are, I think the better they are in the red zone.
1: Last one for you, Andy. I mentioned Keanu Neal out, Deion Jones out. Is there a weakness in there that Drew Brees should be looking at to exploit in that secondary?
2: Well, just that you'll have Duke Riley at linebacker and then probably DeMonte Kazee at safety, uh, who got thrown out of the game against Carolina last week. But uh it looks like he's good to go for this week. Um, You know, those are backup guys up the middle of the defense. Now, they're both very fast, so they still work within the context of the scheme. It's a speed-driven scheme that they run in Atlanta. But uh, anytime you take a fast guy who hasn't been out there a whole lot, I'm sure you're going to want to give him some deceptive stuff, some play actions to read, some misdirection. Breeze is the best there's ever been at manipulating interior zone defenders with his body mechanics, nudging his shoulders, rolling his shoulders, moving his eyes. So they're going to go after those guys, uh, and they're going to make their speed work against them, I would imagine.
1: He is Andy Benoit, NFL analyst for Sports Illustrated and the Monday Morning Quarterback. Andy, thanks for the time, man, as always.
2: All right.
1: Thanks, Chris. Thanks a lot. Of course, give Andy a follow on Twitter, Andy underscore Benoit. uh, Breaks down film better than anybody and puts it on his Twitter now. He he puts out little uh, pieces of film that he studies and uh, does it with the Saints. He does it with all the teams in the NFL. And and a a really good writer as well. So Andy Benoit, really uh, lucky to have him coming on with us every week right here on Sports 1280. We'll take a quick quick break. When we come back, we're going to head out to Atlanta, go into enemy territory